And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to part two of this episode of, of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, as always, Tony Defio. I spent 30 minutes of the first half of the show talking about TJ Watt's contract and uh, both the perspective of the player and the team and how it's there are no there are usually no bad guys when it comes to these kind of deals. It's nothing personal, just business. But like most of other most of Steeler fans, I'm I'm pretty excited they got this deal done, and that TJ Watt will hopefully be wreaking havoc on opposing tackles and quarterbacks and running backs for the next five years. So it's good to see that get done right before the start of the season. And speaking of the start of the Steelers season, they head into Highmark Stadium against the Bills as basically a touchdown underdog. I was checking the odds the other day. They're one of the uh, the biggest underdogs going into uh, going into the uh, first week, which is kind of odd because you know the, the Steelers are the, the, the defending AFC North champions, and you know the Bills are the AFC runners up. Usually, that's a uh, the kind of matchup that's more of a pick 'em, especially if you're if if you're the Steelers, you're used to being in these kind of games, but you're used to having more of a big having more of a chance to win, or being given more of a chance to win by the uh, the, the the experts, the fans, and the uh, the odds makers. So it's a it's a, str- a strange spot to see Mike Tomlin's uh, team in. But I guess it's not much of a shock if you're a, 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 a um, an objective fan, an outside uh, fan, uh, football viewer who doesn't have a dog in the fight. You'd probably say, "Yeah, I, I can see the Bills winning this game and winning it pretty handily." You know, they're they're hungry. They're a franchise that's been uh, downtrodden for for basically two decades uh, until recently. You know, they had that long playoff list drought i think it lasted almost 20 years of course they had a lot of bad luck in the 90s i mean had a lot, a lot of great times meaning the bills but uh they lost four straight super bowls which is great that you can be that competitive but it's also it leads to a lot of heartache and a lot of bad memories and a lot of jokes so they've been a uh, a franchise that's, that's that's been looking to get over the top for quite some time uh, from an organiza- organizational standpoint, into a and down to the fans, you know they they finally want to they finally want to win a Super Bowl, and this is their best chance to do that probably since really since uh, the days of Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and and Andre Reid and Bruce Smith and you name it, there was a lot of great teams back then. So this is their best chance. Josh Allen is now considered one of the top four or five quarterbacks in the NFL. He just signed a, a huge mega deal for what? $258 million. Uh, he's beaten the Steelers the last two years in a row. Uh, he's a dual threat. He's got a one heck of an arm. He can run when he wants to, and he's one of the best in the game at doing that. And of course he has a, a great uh, stable of receivers starting with Stefan Diggs, who, I think he led the league in receiving yards last year. He certainly had 1,500 receiving yards, which is a lot. Uh, Cole Beasley, Manny Sanders is with them now. So, you know, they're going to be uh, hard to stop from a, when, you're, when you're talking about uh, from a passing standpoint. 
And they have a pretty good defense. Not a great defense, but a, a pretty good defense. Uh, certainly opportunistic. They had 26 takeaways last year. They have one heck of a secondary with uh, Trey White. What's his name? Uh, Levi Wallace, I think his name is. The other cornerback. He's also really good. Probably be, probably be a lot more famous if he wasn't playing on the same team as Trey White. And uh, um, Micah Hyde, safety. So they're, they're a really good defense. Not a, not a great pass rush. But, but pretty darn good, and we, we, we saw it the last two years. Uh, we saw it in 2019 in Heinz Field. The defense kept uh, Duck Hodges in check, which I guess it might not be saying much, but certainly last year they, they had their way with Big Ben and that struggling offense at the end of the year when they, when they beat them in Buffalo. So it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a, a, a big challenge, but if, if – there's ever a time to, to surprise a really good team and play a really good team. That's week one. You know, other than, as we saw last year with Pittsburgh, with many teams, when they played the Bengals, unless you're struggling. But other than that, the best time to play a really good team is week one because no, no team is truly fully formed at the beginning of the year. You know, I don't care how, what you do in training camp, how intense you are, uh, how, how hard you hit, which you really can't do much anyway, uh, how much you play in the preseason. Nobody's, no team is truly uh, fully formed in September. And the team that you usually see in October and November is way different than the team you saw at the beginning of the year. So this might be a good time to catch the Bills. They're going to be rusty too. They're going to be, they might be determined. They might be hungry, but they're still going to be rusty. So this might be a, a, a chance to, to, to surprise them. And, and believe me, the Steelers didn't show us everything in the preseason, certainly not in the preseason. And we know they didn't show us everything in training camp because the reporters are only allowed to, to, to tell the uh, public uh, what the players and the coaches tell them. They can't really comment on anything that goes on in practice unless the uh, coaches or players talk about it. So it's going to be inter interesting to see what, what, they uh, hit the bills with offensively. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle the, the, their, their, their sub packages on defense. Uh, how, how do they handle the nickel? Is it, is it going to be Schobert and Bush staying in there for the nickel and just moving, um, moving uh, Cam Sutton inside and bringing in uh, Pierre or, or, or Witherspoon? Uh, are they going to play a lot of dime? Uh, and if they do, how are they going to utilize Mickey Fitzpatrick? That's what I'm. That's what I'm pretty excited to find out. Because from some of the things I've read, like I mentioned last week, it seems to me like he's going to be he's going to factor more in into the uh, dying backer role than we think. Even though he's a free safety by trade, he's such a valuable uh, weapon, and he's somebody that you could utilize and and really cause a lot of uh, chaos for the opposing quarterback and offensive coordinator. So these are kind of, kind of the things I'm. I'm I'm looking for on, on Sunday, uh, you know, Alex Highsmith, he's, he's dealing with a groin issue right now, so, but he, so he's questionable right for, for Sunday's game, but he did practice on Friday, which is, which is encouraging, but what's even more encouraging from a depth standpoint is they have Melvin Ingram. They went out and they, they got him all off season. You were just, just riddling me with questions and just badgering me. What about the depth, Tony? What about it? What about it? I'm like, eh, it's not that big a deal. Who cares? It's about the starters. Well, now we see why you were so uh, adamant about them 
addressing their depth issues at various positions because Melvin Ingram can make a huge difference right away in week one. Uh, whether Highsmith starts or not, you figure he's going to, uh, Ingram's going to play a lot because he's going to have to spell Watt, who's probably still not in tip top football shape just yet. And of course, Highsmith, who's dealing with an injury. So he's going to, he's going to, he could prove to be a valuable weapon for them, a valuable addition starting week one. So those are my thoughts on the, uh, on the bills game. Uh, I look for it to be close. I look for, I, I predicted that they would lose by a field goal. Obviously I hope I'm wrong, but I think my, my gut's telling me that it's going to be a lot like the Dallas Buccaneers game from Thursday night. The Steelers are going to lose a close one, but they're going to, they're going to leave everybody more encouraged about their prospects in 2021 than they were going into the game. I think somebody joked this morning on the radio, I think, or maybe it was on, on social media that by losing a close game to the Buccaneers, the Cowboys established themselves as the favorites in the NFC East. Cause we always joke about how, how mediocre or worse the AFC or the NFC East division is. So now the, the Cowboys may have established themselves as the favorites even after losing to the Super Bowl champions on Thursday. So I think it might be that kind of thing with the Steelers on Sunday. I think they might lose by a field goal, but I think they're going to put on a good show and we're going to be more encouraged by, by the, uh, by their prospects than we were going in. I certainly think it's going to be a lot better uh, feeling coming out of that game than it was two years ago when I went to new England and got their doors blown off in week one, was it 33 to three or 30 to three? That was uh, before Ben even got hurt. But yeah, that was a, that was a, a horrible performance. I don't see that happening on Sunday. I think the Steelers are going to, are going to put on a good show. Cause I think these two teams uh, match up well with each other. We saw that the last two years, uh, the Steelers really had a, a chance to win both of those games, but they, they made too many, uh, too many mistakes, too many key turn- turnovers. And I think that was the difference both times. So as long as they can avoid that, they might give themselves a good chance to, to win on Sunday. So on that note, I will open things up to some questions and comments. I'll see if I miss anything juicy while I was rambling on and on. Here's one from Greg uh, talking about Bell and his uh, contract thing from a few years ago. Bell may have had may have been a great player, but he had uh, he had off the field issues. We mainly ha- it had to do with uh, missing uh, or being suspended for for uh, violating the uh, NFL's drug policy. He was a ver- he was on the verge of suspensions. How can a franchise pay with that kind of risk? What does not have the risks? Well, they're all you know. It's it's a risk to 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 sign any NFL player to a guaranteed contract because they can get hurt at any time. But if you remember, three or four years ago, they were trying to get a deal done with Bell. I mean, they were they were trying to make him the highest paid running back. It's just it was just a matter of of the guaranteed money. So they did value him enough to to make him a part of their organization for a half a decade or so. It was just they couldn't, they couldn't agree on the guaranteed money. So they, I don't, they weren't as concerned with that as the fans were, but as it turned out, it, it seemed like it worked out for, <laughs> for the Steelers because of, uh, of he bell was never really the same after that, really after the 2016 season. 
Buck Dancer asks any news on what to its knee injury was. No, no. I mean, it's a, it's been a big mystery um, so far. Nobody seems to know uh, how severe the knee is. Uh, it could be that. It could be conditioning. It could be he's still grieving from the loss of his brother. Nobody knows because they're so secretive about that stuff now. As far as uh, disclosing injury, the injury uh, status of a player. They, they might say a player's injured and they might say what the injury is, but they never really say how severe it is. Uh, you never know if you can, if you can believe them when they, when they, when they say a player's close or, 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 you know, you just don't know. So I, I have no, no, uh, no new insight to, sh to, to give you on that one, unfortunately. And Tom Valagio asks, can you give us an injury report if the guys will play Sunday? The only one I, I I think is up in the air at this point is Highsmith. He's questionable. Everybody else, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, oh gosh, Alou uh, Alou was on the injury report. I think he may have missed the other day, or he was a a partial participant. But he's he's back. So I think they're they're in fairly good shape as far as the guys who are, who aren't on IR meaning, you know, to it and banner and McFarland. I think everything else, they look, they, they look to be in fairly good shape. So as far as an injury, uh, the injury front, they, they, they're, they're about, they're doing a lot better than the Ravens. I'll tell you that the Ravens are really having some issues right now with, uh, with injuries. My goodness. And Brian Brown asks Tony, some of the BTSC gang picked Buffalo to win. You don't think the Steelers will lose, do you? Well, I actually picked them. I picked. I was one of the people that picked them to lose. I think I don't know if that, if that was published yet, but I picked a uh, twenty to seventeen score. That's how I think it's going to go down. I hope I'm wrong, but you know they're not going to go seventeen and zero. So it, at, when, when you're making these predictions every week, you have to you have to be objective as as objective as you can be as a Steeler fan. And, you know, this is not a, a, this would not be a shocker if they lost. So I never root for them to lose. I never hope they lose. I just, sometimes I think they'll lose. And this might be one, one of those weeks where I think they, they will lose. What else we have here? Buck Dancer says that Josh Allen, in his opinion, is not in the top five. Well, I mean, that's you're in the minority there with that opinion because a lot of people have uh, have put him in that in that upper echelon. I I hope I'm wrong about that too. I hope they're all wrong because I I uh, I don't need another Tom Brady in the in the AFC East. I'll tell you that much. Brian Brown says. The Steelers are going to win this game. Buffalo is not unbeatable. Michael O'Malley, welcome to the show. He says, Bills look good, but they're beatable for sure. Our time. Okay. I hope you're right. Stacy Lynn says, if we get the lead and we need to keep the lead and not be a second half team, meaning uh, come from behind the second half. Well, uh, if they do get, get a, a lead, this is where, We'll get to find out about that running game. The the 
last place running game from 2021 from 2020. Uh, we'll get to see just how good Najee Harris is and how good that line, how much that line has progressed since the beginning of training camp, how cohesive it is, how well it plays together. That's still a huge question mark. As we know, you know Dan Moore Jr. is going to be starting his first game as a rookie at left tackle. Kevin Dotson left guard, presumably Kevin Green or Kendrick Green at center, the veteran Trey Turner. And Shooks is over on the right side at right tackle. So, yeah, that line has a huge performance ahead of it on Sunday and, of course, the rest of the year. And people are going to doubt that line until they give them reason not to. That's just how it is when you're a, when you're a question mark in the world of professional sports. People are going to doubt you until they don't. <laughs> Buck Dancer's ranking the uh, current quarterbacks and. Wow, he's showing Big Ben more love than most people. He says Tom Brady, of course, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, then Bennett, number five. Well, I hope I hope he has that kind of year because that would bode well for the Steelers and their chances of uh, of of being competitive. And Steeler Chick Forty Six asks, did Buffalo or I'm sorry, did, did Mike Tomlin go to college with Buffalo's head coach Sean McDermott? I'm not sure. I, I think they did, but I know they're—I know they're really good friends. I know they're really close. They have—they have a relationship outside of football, so, or at least a, a pretty good relationship. Anyway, they—they they know each other. They're—they're—they're they're, they're good friends. All right. And Monka asks, asks, "Did you play golf, Tony?" I—I I tried to play about 15 years ago. I tried to get into it, but I hurt my shoulder and I never played golf. Not, not, not beyond the occasional putt, putt golf date in recent years. No, but I did get into it for a time and I I was really starting to uh, enjoy it, especially the putting aspect of it, but I hurt my shoulder and then I picked up volleyball and bowling and those became my obsessions for a decade or so. Tony, one to ten O line expectation. I guess I guess that's the uh, on a scale of one to ten. Uh, I think they're going to be better than, than last year, which was probably about a three or a four. I'm going to say six or a seven. And as other, others have said, if their line is simply average this year, it's going to be way better than it was last year, and they're going to be able to function a lot better. But who knows? Hopefully, it's even better than that because. You know that would that would you know that would be great if they can have that kind of a uh, be a um, uh, that kind of a line. And Cree X asked Tony, "What's your thought on how many passes Ben will throw Sunday?" Well, I think any quarterback that throws. Um, 25 to 30 passes a game it's probably probably has a better chance to win than than when it throws 60 passes although if you saw Thursday night's game I mean Tom Brady and Dak Prescott put on a show I mean as much as we like to say you know you got to run the ball let's face it it's it's passing it still drives the bus so to speak but hopefully for Ben it'll be one of those 25 to 35 pass performances and he's he's efficient 
he's uh he has a high uh uh yards per per attempt number because that's that usually bodes well that, that means there's a lot of big plays and, and you're and you're getting the ball downfield not 50 yards downfield but you're you're completing those mid-range passes and not you know 45 yard passes and two or three deep passes that's what we saw a lot of last year we don't want to see that this year like most most big time quarterbacks make their bread and butter or make their money uh with those 15 to 20 yard passes so hopefully it's like 25 to 30 passes 250 yards few touchdowns no interceptions we'll see All right. And Kreek says Bills 26, Steelers 14. That's kind of that's basically the score that, that that they had last year. It was 26-15. George Teston says 27-14. Or sorry, I'm sorry, 27-24 Steelers. Brian Brown. This would be a cause for celebration. A lot of smack talk on social media. He says Steelers 27 to 10. Steeler Chick says 21-17. That still be a lot of a reason for a lot of a smack talk online. Hope you guys are right. All right. Lifelong 07 says about the Steelers O-line. At this point, I think those guys are better because they're younger and can do a little more. But if you base a quarterback on what he's accomplished, then would be – oh, he's talking about the court. I'm sorry. He's talking about the quarterback rankings. Yeah, uh, I guess they're still having an argument over who the uh, what the pecking order is with quarterbacks and the Super Bowl winners are, are being weighted heavier as far as some are concerned. It's hard to argue with that. Uh, you're not considered anything until you win a Super Bowl when, when it comes to a quarterback in, in the eyes of many. So, Buck Dantra says 17-13. Steelers, Stacey Lynn says 24-23. Uh, Michael O'Malley says 35-17. Wow, that's uh, that's crazy. And he says Defio's Deviants. That's my my crew name. I, I still prefer Def Squad. And Buck Dancer says, Tony, we need your top five. As far as quarterbacks, whoo! Obviously, you're going with Brady, Mahomes. Oh, gosh. Brady, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Pretty easy. Um, it was, I think Deshaun Watson was in there for a while there, but with his troubles now, it's hard to, it's hard to say where he's at. I think he's still really talented, uh, but he's in a bad situation in a lot of ways with his, his organization and his personal life. So, uh, Brady, Mahomes, Rogers, uh, gosh, who, who am I missing? I know there's more out there. I'd say ben, Ben's probably he's hovering around the the, the the tenth spot right now. I think he's not he's not in my top five. I'm sorry to say, I think Josh Allen's closer to top five than Ben is at this point. It's just it just is the way it is. He's younger. He's he's like a he's like Ben 15 years ago. So you know it's hard to beat that. Hopefully, the old gun gunslinger can do that this week. Um, Lamar Jackson's probably up there a little bit. Uh, closer to top five because of what he means to his team and his offense. That team revolves around him, and as he goes, they go. So I'd say uh, Lamar is up there too, pretty high. I think Justin Herbert. I mean, he's only had one year, but I think he's 
uh, in the top 10 right now. Uh, Kyler Murray. I mean, there's just a lot of great young quarterbacks out there. So, But Ben's still pretty good. I don't care where you rank him. If you want to rank him 5th or 10th, he's still pretty gosh darn good. And you need that guy to win. And, and, and the one thing that we have to remember with the TJ Watt thing, the contract is as valuable as he is, uh, as, as important as he was to get under contract. If they don't have, if, if they go five years after Ben without finding another really good quarterback, they're probably not going to win. That just shows you how valuable it is or how valuable a franchise quarterback is. You can rank him anywhere you want. You can have all these debates. If you have that guy, you have a chance. And let's just hope that Ben uh, does so much this year that 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 he gets uh, that people are mad if he's left out of, uh, out of the top uh, any top five discussion. And that uh, that on that note, I think I will call it a night. I thank you guys for uh, joining me. It was a fun conversation. I really had a good time. I hope you enjoy Sunday's game. I hope we get to talk about a, a, a thrilling or, or maybe a blowout victory for the Steelers on Monday on The Hangover with Brian Anthony Davis and Shannon White. And uh, until I see you then, I hope you have a great weekend and go Steelers.